give you a moment to get there. Some of you are using your Bibles. That's great. So let me give you some time to get there. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. A young pastor that the Apostle Paul mentoring and giving some instructions on how to basically bring the Word of God. And so verse number 1, it says, I charge thee therefore... Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead as his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. You may be seated. Amen. This morning, I'd like to bring this simple thought to you, the charge. The charge. We're not talking about the charge you're making at Walmart or the gas station filling up where you're using a card with a chip in it. But we're talking about a holy charge to men that God has called to preach the word. And so many times, if we're not careful, we stop there where it says, preach the word. And, of course, we like the part, be instant, in season and out. But, you know, there's some other things there that goes with the preaching of the word. The preaching of the word cannot be complete unless the charge is obeyed. Amen. You have to keep all of the word of God. And so... The Lord has really dealt with me at General Conference. Woke me up early one morning. And by the way, Brother John Brown and Pastor Luna did a tremendous job at conference preaching. And I appreciate their growth in the Lord. He dealt with me about something. And that's what I want to share with you today. First of all, I want to say to many of you that have been with me any length of time, really, whether it be from the beginning or just a year, six months. Sometimes when I have things on my heart, I may say phrases that in my mind, I know what I'm trying to get across, but it may be misunderstood. So I want to apologize for that. Because there are times where I may use the phrase, I don't care. Well, it's not that I don't care. I do care. I I love you. I want you here. In fact, many of you know if you miss a few, I'm going to be calling you and checking on. If you're sick, I'm going to be texting you. But the point I'm trying to make is this. The church of the living God will go on without me. He's not going to stop everything and say, well, I can't continue because Pastor White is no longer among us. So I want that to be clear. If I happen to say it again, it's meaning that we're not going to hinder, per se, the movement of God's body. Maybe for a moment, 
but not for an eternity. He's going to go on whether I'm present or whether I'm not. Whether I'm living for him or whether I'm not. But he wants me here. And he wants you here. And I'll tell you, I want to be here. And I want you here. So I wanted to get that straight this morning because God's begin to deal with me. I look back at the history of this church, this local assembly. And I see the preaching that God has allowed me the privilege to do and the type of preaching that God has used me in and the results of that preaching and how we grew. Even though at times there were things that I just read that came forth that made a few people uncomfortable. You see... Because of circumstances, the school, for example, I was involved. Then the building project, oh my, you're talking about being involved. I was here, I, I practically lived here. Not just me, others as well. And so, even though God gave me, I feel, very wonderful messages, I look at my life and I say, I think I was a little bit amiss because I did not reprove, rebuke enough. I exhorted, I preached, and therefore, because of everything going on, I allowed that possibly to distract me in doing what God tells me to do in the manner in which he tells me to do it, whoever's here, visitors, doesn't matter. God knows who's going to be here today. Now, naturally, and this is a little different preaching for me today, a little different, but I want you to feel my heart that when I, under his direction, begin to preach. And in that preaching, there is some reproving or at times rebuking. It's not because I don't love you. It's not because God doesn't love you. It's because God truly wants us what he desires us to be. And I'm going to tell you, God confirmed it at the conference. The preaching there was wonderful, but it was full of reproving and a little bit of rebuke. And you talking about a service we had Wednesday night, friend. We had a service. So God has confirmed this in the past. He confirmed it at General Conference. Let me go a little further. Before I went to General Conference, you notice that I basically, this is the way you look at it. God doesn't look at it this way. I got on to some things about prayer and various other things that I covered. And, and look at the difference that it made. People, the next service came early for prayer. The worship has definitely improved because you're giving more. The Spirit of God is touching in such a way. Why? Because He expects men of God to preach, to reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine. 
And he says to be instant, to be ready, to stand upon the word, to uphold the word, to stand in the gap and begin to proclaim what God has put on this man's heart to proclaim. Whether it's a convenient time, just home folks, or whether it's a inconvenient or out of season where we have first-time visitors and thinking, oh, my goodness gracious, what kind of church is this? This church belongs to God, and there's various services that you're going to experience. There'll be times uh, where the preaching will be just encouraging. It'll be just exhorting, but there'll be times uh, when preaching will be reproving, trying to correct us. And then there'll be times when there'll be a rebuke. And that rebuke means basically a command to abstain or a command to do. A command. Some of you understand exactly what I'm talking about. I normally get vivid preaching and sweating and spitting, but today it'll just be hit and miss with that because I want you to hear me. You are God's people. And God has entrusted them to our care. And it's important that there is scourging when scourging is necessary. And I'm doing it this way so you can know my heart. That it's not something that's enjoyable. In fact, the Bible even says this in Hebrews, that no chastening, no discipline, no correction for the moment is pleasurable. But if you endure that and you accept that, it yields great reward. In fact, it calls fruit exercise there. Why? By that peace that passes understanding. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you have even privately with you and I, I have done these things. But God expects the man of God to do it openly. Why does he expect the man of God to do it openly? Like many of you right now, you're just looking at me. You know, nobody's excited. Nobody's saying amen. It's like a child that just got caught with his hand. Well, not just a cookie. Let's do something else. Trying to get an ice cream out of the freezer. Or I go into the closet and I'm all of a sudden finding candy bar wrappers behind shoes and everything. And we say, and I'm not saying he did it, but I'm just going to use him. Mr. Titus Brown, come here. And he comes. Did you do that? You see, when it's open, that's even today, that's, that's how you're being like, oh, my, what, what's coming next? Who, who, who's going to catch me with a candy wrapper? Or that candy bar you haven't eaten yet that you're not supposed to have until after lunch. 
do you understand where I'm coming? It's necessary because, believe it or not, and I think you will, that is also a gesture of love. When God begins not only to bless like some of you experienced this early, but also to correct, that is his manifestation of love. Do you understand that pastors are an extension of God's love? Because he expects them to lead his people in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not just in the paths of religion, not just in the paths of feel good, not just in the paths that, okay, you know, this is what, no, he wants us to go in the path of righteousness that we'll know right from wrong, we'll know how to live, we'll know how to conduct ourselves. Isn't that what parents are supposed to do with their children? So... As I begin to even elaborate a little bit more and be a little bit more specific, I want to read these scriptures to you found in Job 5 and 17. It says this, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Can I see somebody get happy today? I haven't even corrected you yet. And you're acting like, woe is me, I just got five licks. I haven't even got on anything yet. I haven't even brought any reproving yet. And you're acting like, hey, it's over. It is not over. Thank God that when I'm corrected, I'm happy because I can change. In other words, if he didn't correct me, there's no hope for me changing. But if he corrects me, then I know God loves me, and I got an opportunity to change. Woo! Y'all going to cause me to preach? Behold, happy is the woman. Whom God correcteth, therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Now, Titus is not coming over to Nine-Nine Papa's house saying, okay, I'm here. I want my spanking now. What do you mean you want your spanking now? Well, this way, no matter what I do, I got it out of the way. No, 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 you're missing the whole thing. You come saying, God, whatever you have for me, that is what I want. However you move, that is the way I want. Whatever you are going to do, just do it. And I'm going to be happy. All right? That would be be something, having some grandkids or children come over and as soon as they come in the door and say, I know I'm going to do something wrong, so go ahead. Let me have it. You know you wouldn't. Because then you would smile and get happy because you're learning. You're learning. Who knows? Titus may do that today. There's no candy in the house, buddy. (laughs) He found the stash. 
missing to you. We're laughing at that. But there's some things in the world that may appear to be sweet. And once you partake of them, you're going to leave a wrapper behind. And God already knows that the evidence is going to be seen to others. Isn't it better to be reproved and at times rebuked so that we can repent and pick up the wrappers, throw them away and say, God, I don't want any more cavities. Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12 says this, My son, despise not the chastening. How many have been hearing that word? What does it mean? It means training, correction, discipline. You know something? The church of the living God as a whole, as a whole, is lacking discipline. Instruction. And you know what else that word means? Educate. How do you know not what to do and what to do if you're not educated? But once you know something and do it or not, to you it is sin. So when I teach you something, I don't care if it was 20 years ago. I don't care if it was 10 years ago. It's still true today. Why is it that I got to go over it again? You've already been taught it. You ought to be living it so that when I do teach it, it's for the new ones that hasn't heard. I shouldn't have to tell anyone about prayer time. I shouldn't have to exhort you to come and pray. Now, new converts, I may have to try to encourage and, and help them along. But you, can I say it this way? You ladies, I love you. You old folks. I'm in in the Lord. You ought to be leading the example. Right? Now, I'm going to touch on another little subject here. I told you I'd be specific. Giving. The Bible calls it tithing and offering. You old folks. Now, that's a gesture of love. You already know God's principle. You ought not be having some trouble with that. New converts may not understand that principle yet. So, but the mature Christians, when I talk about it, they should be no squirming. Do you know giving is a form of worship? you for those few claps, but that's okay. You're not slowing me down. I've been privileged to be doing this a long time, and believe me, when I get on things, it does seem to get a little quiet. Can I go some other places? Because I love you. I realize, just like with children, listen to me. With God's children, it's not dependent on a physical age. They could be 59 years old and be brand new in the Lord, a babe. So it's not dependent 
on physical age, but I'm going to say something to you. You that know better, you know how to dress. You know how to present your body. Do I need to be any more specific than that to the old folks? And that's whether you're at church or you're not at church. We're supposed to be a light in a dark world. We're not supposed to be one thing here and one thing out there. We're supposed to be the same thing here and the same thing out there. Ladies that had the Holy Ghost for a while, you know about your covering. You know that means hair. And you understand what God expects from you concerning that. Men, the Bible is plain. It is a shame for a man to have long hair. New converts, don't you get on them. It may be two or three years before I say anything. You let them come. You let them get grounded. You let them experience the love of God. You love them. But if you know better, you should never have your pastor come to you and say, you need to get a haircut. Thank you very much. I'm glad my wife helps me. She tells me, you're looking like a shaggy dog. It's time for you to get a haircut. I'm not going to say that from the pulpit. You say, you just didn't know my wife said it. So, I go get a haircut. It's important. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It does not belong to me once I'm born again. It belongs to God. Now, some of you are very fortunate. This is a very nice way of preaching the word, reproving, rebuking, and exhorting. So enjoy it. Because I can't promise you it'll be this way next time. Oh, okay, Wesley. Yeah, well, okay, I'm glad that got you a little bit there. All right. Can I go a little further? I'm going to. I'm going to. You, precious, mature people, you know. When you look at something that's wrong, repent and quit. You say, why are we doing this? Because I want revival. I want us to grow. And this is the only way it's going to happen. I'm not saying this needs to be done every service. God will never do it every service like this. It may be two or three services, but when people begin to follow after God with a repentant heart, he's going to flow in here. And I'm telling you, visitors that will come, they'll feel the presence of God before the preaching ever starts. Make their way. Do you remember how they made their way to the altar and were filled with the Holy Ghost? That's because preaching had already went forth. 
going to some other places too. The charge, I have a charge. I take it seriously. This applies to anyone. If you are putting things in your body, by mouth or any way that you know is harmful and not a good testimony, isn't it time to repent and get rid of it? Don't let that become your God. Don't, don't let it become your God where you're willing to give all kind of money for it, but you're not willing to give one little dime to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is your God. Now, I know that was a little strong, but honey, it's true. It's true. If you're paying. Let me spell it out to you that have the Holy Ghost and been living for God. You're smoking, you're drinking, you're taking drugs, uh, then something's wrong with your relationship with God. Because I'm going to tell you, He will not dwell in an unclean temple. It is time to straighten up. It is time to get delivered. It is time for God to do a work in your life. He wants to. Amen. I know, I know. I've seen God move. I've seen God move. And you remember the time some of you were there. We weren't even preaching about it. We were just preaching. Bishop Smith was there, I believe. We were just preaching. And a young man visiting, I think, for the first time or second time, he ran up to the front. He slid on his knees. He grabbed his ponytail and said, Pastor, cut it off. You say, what did you do, Pastor? I cut it off. I told him to get me some scissors, and I became a barber. What am I supposed to tell him? No. Here, God brought him up here and told him to tell me to cut it off. What am I supposed to say? No, don't worry about it. No, I'm going to say, absolutely, let's get it done. The problem is you don't move when God tells you to move and you think about it a day or two and then the conviction is gone and you go right back to doing what you've been doing if you would just move when God tells you to move. There's been church services where people would put their cigarettes on the altar. I have been in church services praying for deliverance when I actually felt the spirit of addiction come off the person and hit me in the shoulder. I'm telling you, hey, addiction is a spirit. Yes, your body's involved, but you've got to break that. You've got to understand that God is greater than that addiction. Preacher, in this kind of preaching? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The Bible says that God desires you to prosper. Read it. It's over in one of the first Johns. But he says this, as your soul prospers. 
And so I'm not saying that I'm going to preach this way every service, but I'm not saying you won't hear another one tonight. Don't be afraid of them. Know who your pastor is. Have confidence in me. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. Some of you understand at first you struggle. But then when you gave in to the word of God and the spirit of God, you found peace. Do you understand what the Bible says? The way of a transgressor is hard. You see, I could have I could have preached the message that I preached at General Conference. In fact, Brother Phillips wants me to. I will. It's not going to be today. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12, I didn't finish. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father of the son in whom he delighteth. I'm going to read to you Hebrews 12, starting with verse number 5. It says this. Have you forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children? My son, despise not thou chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards or illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we've had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. That's my boy. See how he behaves? When I bark, he moves. Listen, God listens. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. No chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, Afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it be rather healed. Follow peace with all man in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail for the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. Thereby many be defiled. My daughter would come. As we stand this morning, there were many other things I could have covered. 
and one day when God tells me I will. And I'll wait to that day. I don't go home thinking, okay, I've got to do this. I wait until God deals with me. And he has dealt with me to do something that I've done before. And by the way, I have never stopped a service, I don't believe, to my best of my knowledge, and said I sensed or caught a glimpse of movement where angels descended. That was the first time. And you responded and you were blessed. But God has dealt with me to do this again. He has dealt with me to do this again. There is a passage in, I believe it's the second Kings chapter 4, verse 41, where they gathered up some gourds, wire gourds at the school of the prophets, and they put that in making some soup, and before they could eat it, they sensed that there were death in the pot. And so, I believe it was Elisha said to put some meal in there. And so what we're going to do today, and I want everyone to listen to me. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. Really, I'm not. But we need to purge this platform. Nobody, after I do this, come on this platform if you know there's something not right with your life. Now, we understand that we have children here that are two and three and four years old. They may come up here. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about ensemble members that know what's expected of them. I'm talking about others who may want to come up here to fix something. Be careful. Because I'm serious about my calling. And I'm serious about the charge. And so what I'm going to do, and I know somebody's going to have to vacuum this up. I'm not going to apologize. Just be sure your life is right. And if it's not right, let me know and I'll do it. I want fire and anointing to come from this place. Living for God is serious. And for some reason, you're not ready to come up here. You don't have to give me an explanation. Just tell me. I'm going to take a break today. That's all you need to do. But if you do that, can't you go the next step before service is over and get it right? Every one of you are needed. But God expects his leaders to be an example. And it's important that we do. We're not perfect. Not looking for perfection. We're looking for sincerity and commitment and faithfulness. If God allows Brother John Brown to preach tonight. I've asked him to preach what he preached at General Conference. Awesome message. Now, he may not be able to preach it. You don't want to miss it. It's a beautiful message about stewardship for your children. This platform has now been purged. That goes for me, too. I need to be prayed up before I get up here.
don't think we understand the holiness and righteousness of God. Yes, he's a loving God. He loves me so much, he's molding me and shaping me. When's the last time you've asked God, Lord, if you see any error in me, any flaw, please, Lord, help me to get rid of it. Or, Lord, take it. My daughter's going to sing. We'd like to see Sister Hazel and Brother George before you leave today. We'd like to see you after service. The charge is out of love. 